Hey, what's up everybody? This is Tanner from TMANBaseballFan.com. It is Saturday and uh, yeah, I guess I'm uh, coming at you from a smack dab in the middle of, uh, of uh, coronavirus mania here. Um, not necessarily from a uh, geographic perspective because Texas has not been hit horribly hard yet. Um, but just like from a national perspective, this is a big deal now, of course, and uh, you know, we're... <laughs> Uh, everybody's being affected. Uh, I don't care who you are. Everybody's being affected in uh, in some way, shape, or form. So, more specifically for us baseball fans, baseball card collectors, we might be seeing packages late, uh, delayed, maybe lost. Knock on wood. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. And also, the biggie, um, the baseball season has been suspended. And I saw the writing on the wall whenever they. Uh, uh, announced that for NBA and I was thinking well they're inside maybe I'll have a little more leeway when it comes to baseball but nope it's suspended so I'm not really sure um, what to make of this obviously this is uh, some horribly bad news for baseball fans it's understandable you know I don't want anybody getting uh, sick or anything like that for sure um, but I was told that it's possible that the entire 162 game season will still be played, um, but uh, they'll just be uh, extending the season uh, in further days, weeks, or months, which to me, oh my gosh, y'all, like I am majorly excited about that because could you imagine, first of all, having uh, baseball played during like Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that. Oh, oh man, that'd be so cool. Um, I would love that so much. But um, anyways, there's some people who are like, ah, oh, you know, the baseball season needs to be shortened anyway. No, guys, no. No, don't shorten the baseball season. Leave it exactly the way it is. 162 games, the the playoffs, the World Series, just leave it all, you know. Just uh, let's move the entire season back a little bit and, uh, you know, have some, uh, some fun baseball in uh in late fall maybe early winter uh yes i'm ready but anyway so i guess enough of that here I, and you know i i normally uh do these uh by the way probably uh these uh podcasts at night uh walking around my neighborhood i decided to go for a run today and uh about half a mile in i said you know i gotta shut this down here um my uh, calves are screaming at me i'm just getting back into it here i uh Ran and walked for a little bit on and off. And after about a one and a quarter miles, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do a little podcast here. So if I'm sounding a little more out of breath, by the way, that's probably why. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll crank it up uh, in the coming days and weeks as far as uh, endurance goes for running. But for right now, I've got a lot of things going against me. Just uh, been uh, out of practice and um, these allergies are killing me. So... <laughs> anyway, but back to baseball cards. One thing that's interesting, if you uh, if you remember from my last podcast and a couple other uh, uh, articles I'd written, I sold out of virtually everything uh, when it comes to graded cards. So, can I tell you just a little bit of a of a map of where I've been this past year? Um, I started looking after I sold my Casego collection to uh, invest my money into certain other. Uh, areas. I started off with some comic books because I love comics. I picked up a, a few real nice ones. Uh, uh, Hulk 181, which is the first appearance of Wolverine. 
uh, Avengers number one, uh, X-Men number one, Giant Size X-Men number one, Fantastic Four 48, that's the first appearance of uh, Silver Surfer and Galactus, I believe. Um, then I think there's a, uh, you know, a few others. I mean, there's like the first Deadpool appearance in New Mutants 98, and a lot of these other things you probably don't care about because you're listening to this for baseball content. But so when I satisfied what I wanted to do with those, I moved to Baseball Vintage uh, and even went into non-vintage graded stuff. So I had a bunch of PSA 9s and 10s of uh, um, you know key 80s rookie guys as well as some newer guys. Uh, so we're talking from the 80s, you know, I graded cards of... Rookies of uh, Mattingly, Clemens, uh, Ricky Henderson. I think Ricky Henderson was an 8.5. Nice card, nice card. Um, let's see, McGuire, Bonds, Canseco, Griffey, uh, Jeter, you know, so all the all the big guys. So I basically sold off all of those in one fell swoop. Uh, and uh, uh, one of the cards also was, uh, yeah, I think I probably lost a couple hundred dollars just due to uh, bad accounting, which I've done that like two or three times in the past years. It drives me nuts. Uh, you know, shame on me. You know, shame on me. That's uh, not how uh, how things should go. But uh, either way, I've been able to, you know, kind of be in the black, uh, stay in the black anyways, uh, regardless of, uh, of these few accounting errors I had. Uh, so the uh, PSA rookies, uh, kind of funny. I, uh, I bought a lot of those as well as the vintage PSA uh, graded stuff and SGC and BVG uh, <laughs> right before the grading scandal hit. So, uh, as always, guys, like I'm the worst at timing for basically everything that I look into. <laughs> so the key is is to kind of inoculate yourself from that. Is obviously to buy at a right price, you know, and and uh, you know that's helps me tremendously along the way in my buying and selling dealings. So I was able to overall do pretty well because one of the PSA cards I did, I got was a 2011 Topps Update Diamond Mike Trout PSA 10. I bought that for a little over $2,300 uh, last year. And if you look uh, on uh, eBay right now, the last one sold for $7,000. There's one at bidding for $6,700 with like four or five days left. And another one that's at $7,000 with about four days left with bids. So um, that one card really kind of, uh, you know, went a long way as far as me, uh, uh, you know, kind of being able to stay in the black with the PSA 80s to current graded stuff. Um, now, I did go into, like I said, vintage and, oh man, I had a blast with vintage. I've learned so much. It's been such a good learning experience and, and uh you know, just great experience all around. But uh, so beginning of the year, uh, for the first couple months, I sold off everything that I didn't really care about all that much. Um, now, on a whim, like I said last week, I sold virtually everything else I had that I did care about. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know really why other than it's just appealing to me to start over. You know, I mean, I have a lot of fun searching I have a lot of fun with the anticipation of cards coming back. I've enjoyed that kind of thing with uh, uh, the Canseco collection. That was a blast. Um, hindsight is definitely 2020. Um, if I wanted to make more money on it, I would have definitely split them up myself and sold. The, the actual buyer 
of the cards. He did he did pretty well with the uh, uh, collection he bought for me, and uh, you know which I'm very glad. He's a nice guy, um, but they're great cards. They were meant uh, to make him money, and so uh, I was able to make some money uh, in totality of everything. You know when you uh, add in all the vintage I had bought and sold, you know earlier this year as well. Uh, so I can't complain. You know things are good now. Here's another update. So first of all, to tell you the cards that I have kept. So all my graded stuff is gone, with the exception of an old Judge Billy Sunday, um, an E90-2 Honest Wagner. That's the one that looks like a T206. It's the one I called the Candy Wagner. Um, it's a beautiful card. Like, I'm in love with that card, guys. Like, <laughs> it is a great card. In my opinion, uh, the T206 Wagner card is the only one that's better for Honest Wagner as far as cards go. Uh, than that card um, and uh, rarity by the way for PSA the pop report there's 33 T206s there are 55 uh, E90-2 Wagner so the rarity is very similar which is actually really interesting with this card so uh, I have those two I have the 1915 Cracker Jack Ty Cobb uh, that I held on to as well and uh, what was that last one? There's one more, one more vintage that I'm, that I'm oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, and also the 1919 W514 Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, you know, that card, uh, all strip cards seem to get a, uh, a knock for, you know, just the artwork that's used. Um, it's very, very uh, telling of its time period, um, over 100 years now. Um, and so I don't have a problem with, with the Shoeless Joe Jackson. It's uh, my favorite in the set. It's actually my favorite uh, uh, strip card that's ever been made. And there's good reason for that. It's probably the most expensive <laughs> strip card that's ever been made. Um, but, uh, you know, when you look at all of the other Shoeless Joe Jackson cards, the prominent ones, the, the I think it's the E90-1, um, from 1909 or 1910, this is Rookie, if I remember correctly. The Cracker Jack, I mean, the the artwork isn't really the best as far as the picture goes. <laughs> I would love to actually do a side-by-side -side, by -side comparison of all three of those with uh, the, the face. They're not really, uh, uh, you know, the, like these beautiful T206 style uh, um, uh, portraits that they did. But um, anyway, it's pretty, pretty funny. So, uh, the, the fun story about that is, is I made a deal, actually I was going back and forth with somebody, it wasn't for sale, um, to begin with, just to let you know. Uh, I saw somebody on the forum saying that they had one, and it was like an SGC 40. I go, oh, SGC 50 slash 40, however they did back then. So, it translates to SGC 4 right now, I guess, um, is what it would be. So, um, really excited about it. Asked the guy if he'd be willing to sell. He's like, no, nah, I don't think so. I was like, okay, well, keep me in mind. And months down the road, he ends up writing me back again saying, hey, you know, I, I went to my safety deposit box and, you know, took it out. And I think I've decided that I will go ahead and sell it to you if you're still interested. Like, well, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get it. I made that purchase, guys. Like, the... Uh, on the 100th anniversary of the last game of the 1919 Black Sox World Series to the day. Like, that's a one in a billion shot probably, I'd imagine. But um, 
<laughs> it was so cool. It's such a neat little story with it, and it's a great card. Uh, it's the uh, the the tab on the SGC says 1919 to 1921. So you know it mentions 1919, which is the you know 100 years uh, or you know the exact year as the Black Sox scandal shows Shoeless Joe in uh, in White Sox jersey. I mean, just everything is just so great about it. Um, so that's the last vintage. So those four vintage cards are the ones I've kept. And the last one, of course, is the Mike Trout. So I, I decided to go ahead and keep that Mike Trout uh, for now. I might trade it away or sell it at some point. I'm just not sure. Um, we'll see what happens with it. Um, will it continue to skyrocket? Will it go down? I just don't know. I, I have a feeling that this is like the it card um, for uh, this, uh, this generation of cards though. So we will see. Um, so anyways, um, now, uh, another interesting, uh, uh, occurrence that's, uh, transpired here is I reached back out to the, uh, buyer of my vintage stuff. And I was kind of like, I don't know. I was, I was really, uh, a little bit, uh, I didn't have necessarily seller's remorse. Okay, maybe a little bit of seller's remorse, <laughs> but it's okay. Everything's replaceable. Uh, it's not a one of one, basically. Um, so I was thinking, man, I would, I would love to get my, uh, my Goodwin uh, Champions 1888 uh, King Kelly back, as well as perhaps that Allen and Ginter uh, set that I had. And so I was able to... Uh, um, interestingly enough, work a deal out with, uh, the seller or the buyer to, uh, get those cards back. So it's kind of funny, um, you know, getting those back in my collection, but you know, you know, that's kind of how I roll, you know, like I, I do this stuff. I, uh, I sell stuff, I get it back. And interestingly enough, um, the valuation that he had on those cards was less than I paid. Uh, and you know, consequently, uh, sold to him in that lot. So I actually am doing really well buying those back, especially because I wanted the Goodwin King Kelly and the Allen and Ginter Cap Anson, especially back into my collection. Um, so really happy to have those. I've been thinking a lot about like, what do I want to get back and to search for? So those were two, those two were at the top of my list. So I'm happy to kind of check them off the, the list again, which is great. I enjoy the heck out of that stuff. Like, it's so fun to find cards again and to do deals on cards again. So it'll be that much more exciting to get them back a second time. Um, so I'll be looking also for a 33 Gaudi Babe Ruth and a 34 Gaudi uh, Lou Gehrig. Beyond that, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. I might look at getting possibly getting back a... Uh, uh, Jackie Robinson, um, Leaf Rookie. Uh, I don't know about anything else. Like, I still really would like a 2001 Bowman Chrome uh, Pujols autograph refractor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it's kind of fun to kind of be in shopping mode again. But this time, the one thing that's going to be very helpful is it's not all, like, new to me. So any uh, thoughts and feelings I have of, like, impulse buys, which I didn't really have that much back then but uh from last year um but there's always a little bit of it when you, it's your first time going into something new like this um so i'll be able to look at purchases a little more objectively this time and uh you know with more of a sense of 
you know, I'll be able to sell for greater profit down the road. So, um, it's always fun guys. Like this, this hobby <laughs> cannot be beat. It is, uh, it is a blast being able to, uh, buy, sell, trade, get cards back. I mean, all of it's just so fun, really enjoying it. So I guess kind of one of the takeaway from, uh, from this for you guys is like, uh, number one, realize that, uh, virtually everything's replaceable, not necessarily a one of one that's going to be locked up in a forever home, but perhaps, uh, perhaps something that's like, uh, a one of one can be replaceable down the road with another one of one. That means just as much to you, if not more. Um, there's so much stuff out there, guys. Like, so don't be, don't be down if, uh, don't get down if you've, uh, if you've regretted a sales, uh, sell or anything. So it'll just, uh, it'll work out. You know, that's the, that's why our hobby is so great. One of the many reasons why it's so great is because we can do so many things like that. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a blast. So anyways, that's all I have for you guys for now. Um, and probably a little bit abbreviated, I guess, compared to the rest of the podcast, but about to head home again here and, uh, maybe I'll wrap up, uh, running this last, uh, last leg of the, of the trip here. So, Y'all have a fantastic weekend and stay safe and stay healthy.